Hey y'all, welcome or welcome back to another episode of the Audacity Podcast. This is, of course, your girl, Jaina, and I'm back with another episode. And as promised, I have an interview for you all. So I was able to sit down with a well-versed, well-traveled, and well-educated young lady by the name of Alma. And you can find her on Instagram at Alma Explores. And please be sure to follow her stories and her adventures, you guys. You you don't want to miss out. Oh, it is. And she leaves so much information in her stories as well. So I will put her information to her Instagram and to her website in the bio. Please be sure to follow her and follow her adventures. You will not be disappointed. So I was able, and I'm, I'm shouting out to social media right now because social media does have its pros and its cons, but I was able to come across her content and her page and her stories of traveling um, through Instagram. And I'm so glad that I did. And, you know, social media can be used as a tool for positive and negative if you wanted to um, but I'm glad that I'm able to come I came across her content um, and you know I had watched a few of her stories and then I came across another story that she was doing and she was talking about the history a little bit of the history that she knows um, in regards to a holiday called day of the dead um, and so I reached out to her and to see if she would you know sit down with me and to discuss it a little bit more and discuss the commercialization of it um, and her thoughts and feelings on it. So that's a little bit of what we talked about in this interview. We also talked about um, her background, her heritage and growing up um, as a Mexican-American. And also, you know, we talked about her traveling as well. Um, So hopefully you all take something from this interview and learn something from this interview, because even though we're from different cultures, um, there's beauty in being from a different culture. But yes, I'm so excited uh, for this interview and I'm so thankful for Alma and to Alma for sitting down and doing this with me. Um, And I do want to say that her thoughts and opinions are are from herself. She is not speaking on every Latin, you know, American or Mexican-American person. She's speaking from her own opinion and she's speaking on from her own self-education in regards to Day Day of the Dead. Um, But hopefully this conversation will, you know, spark you to learn a little bit more about another culture or even more about Day of the Dead and understanding it a little bit more. Um, So I just wanted to say that. And I'm just so thankful for her. And even, you know, the conversation before we even press record, speaking with her was very meaningful and impactful and insightful so i hope you all take something from this interview um and it makes you want to learn more about other cultures outside of your own and to alma thank you so much for sitting and um just talking with me and speaking with me and um just allow me to learn more about a different culture other than my own so Without further ado, here's the episode with Alma. I will see you all soon. Bye, guys. Okay, so my first question is, what is your favorite dish from any culture, any any place you visited, and it can be from your own culture as well. What is your favorite dish and why? Oh my God, that is such a hard question because <laughs> I love to eat. I love to travel. Travel is one of the reasons why, or food is one of the reasons why I like to travel. That's really hard. Um, you know, I love, obviously I do love like my mom's Mexican cooking. I, you know, her chile rellenos are like my favorite thing ever. Um, I always say like, if I had like one last meal before I was to go, it would be, you know, her her red rice and her, her chile rellenos. But I also really love Jamaican food. I love 
Uh, I was in Zanzibar a few years ago and I have to say Zanzibar and Tanzania has like some of the best food in the world because there's a blending of so many cultures. You have like the Portuguese, uh, you know, influence the Indian, you know, the African. There's so many different cultures that are in that, you know, influence that island that the flavors are just like popping whatever you eat. Uh, I mean, that's hard. I love I, I love food, but I definitely will say that I'm, I gear myself more towards like the ethnic foods, like, you know, certain Mexican foods, definitely my Caribbean foods, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Jamaican, all that good stuff. Uh, and yeah, that's, so that's, that's kind of my answer because I can keep talking about food forever. <laughs> okay, so I do have a question. And, um, now that you say that, um, I go to the Mexican restaurants and I'm like, there is no, like, I feel like they are, they have, I guess, Americanized food. And I'm kind of like irritated because I'm like, I know they're, they're hiding some good stuff <laughs> off that's not on this menu. So how do you feel about that in regards to going to like Mexican restaurants and knowing well, your, your culture? It depends where you go. First of all, you know, there's 32 people. I think people don't realize that there's 32 different states in all of Mexico. And each region has its own different cuisine. I mean, think of like the U.S., right? I'm sure there's certain foods that you can get in Virginia that, you know, you're not going to be able to get in New York or L.A. You know, you have like Tex-Mex, which is different from Mexican, which, you know, maybe if I'm going up to, I don't know, San Francisco, I'm going to like eat seafood. So it's the same thing in Mexico. So it just depends what region. I think in California, we're lucky because we're so close to the Mexican border. Uh, But most of the cuisine from Mexico that you find in California is going to be from the northern states of Mexico, as opposed to uh, when I'm in New York, I find that there's more. And I mentioned New York because I, I lived in New York. I went to college there. So I still go back there. And so when I visit New York, I find that the Mexican food in New York tends to be more from the southern states of Mexico, which makes total sense. You get like the Puebla, the Oaxaca, uh, Chiapas, those cultures, because they uh, there's a lot of immigrants that have migrated to New York to work. And so obviously they're going to bring, you know, their their, uh, you know, their cooking style to that area. Um, but if you're in California, you're going to get more of like the Baja California, the Jalisco, the Chihuahua, like the northern states, um, which, like I said, are completely different from the southern states. So I know you mentioned that you're in Virginia. I'm not sure what the immigrant population looks like as far as Mexicans migrating to Virginia. I, I'm, I know we're there. I just don't know what states are coming from. I would assume that most likely they're from the south. So you might get like some, you know, moles that are poblano or Oaxacan style, which is, you know, a different type of mole sauce from that, you know, my mom would cook because she's from the state of Jalisco. Uh, But I personally am not a fan of like, you know, the Tex-Mex stuff. A lot of people do like it. And I mean, to each his own. Um, But I mean, I guess we're just blessed here in California too to have really great Mexican food. And now... I mean, in California, we, we can also get food from different regions of Mexico. So you're not just going to get, uh, you know, what are your your typical or, or stereotypical thing, but you can, you know, get a really good meal from the state of Yucatan or from Oaxaca or, you know, from Mexico City. Um, so I think the first thing is just to realize that there's a lot of different styles of Mexican cooking and I don't know I don't know if I went off I think I went off on a tangent I didn't answer your question you answered it okay Okay, so my next question would be and it's in regards to traveling um would you prefer all-inclusive or would you rather go off the grid and have like plan your own itinerary oh definitely off the grid uh I have never in my life been on an all-inclusive ever and I kind of refuse Um, Although, you know, my sister just came back from an all-inclusive vacation that sounded fabulous, uh, but I just, I can't bring myself to go into an all-inclusive, first of all, because I never really take, like, a vacation. I'm a traveler, and I feel that there's a difference between traveling and taking a vacation. And, you know, sometimes you need a vacation after you travel, 
Uh, you know, I travel because I like to learn about a new culture or I, there's some like educational and learning aspect of it for me. If I do want to take a break or I want to take a vacation, nine out of 10 times, I'm probably, because I live in California again, I'm probably just going to like go to Palm Springs and stay in a hotel and sit by the pool and have drinks, but I'm not going to get on an airplane. And actually my recent trip that I went up to Big Sur was kind of a little, you know, three day vacation. I just wanted to relax. I didn't want to have any internet. You know, they had a pool, they had a jacuzzi, and they didn't have any Wi-Fi, which was great. Um, that was kind of a mini vacation. It was not all inclusive. Uh, but I, you know, I just, I can't bring myself to go to an all-inclusive because if I, I don't know, I just, I, I just can't. And I know that that's probably going to sound kind of like snobbish or whatever, but I'm, you know, when I get on a plane to go somewhere, I want to be hanging out with the local people. You know, I don't want the local people to just be the people that are serving me at the hotel or in the taxi or at the store. I actually want to go and, you know, hang out with them at a restaurant or like learn something or I just, I want to be like one with the culture. That is completely understandable. I think some people do all inclusive for, I guess, safety reasons. Right. So yeah, I mean, that, that's true too, but... I, that's a whole other conversation with Mexico and people thinking that it's unsafe. I mean, I have never heard of a mass shooting at a school in Mexico. How many mass shootings do we count here? Like on a weekly basis, we can't even keep count or even mm -hmm. mass shooting period. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is crime in Mexico. Of course. Yes, there's drug related stuff. Right. Everywhere. But you kind of know like where you should be and like where you shouldn't be. And you can't, I believe that you can't really live your life in fear because my thought is that there are more good people in this world than bad. And that's, there's a whole lot of people in this world. So if you start traveling and thinking that everybody's out to get you, then that's just not a good way to live. I mean, like I said, how many billions of people are in this world? Do you think that the majority of people are out to get you or that are bad? I, I don't, I choose not to think that. And that's a great way to look at things and a great perspective. So I think hopefully after people listen to this interview, there'll be more likes to just go off the grid and, you know, be one and learn more of the culture that they're visiting. Right. You know? Yeah. And I, and just to go off of that a little bit, I mean, I think the reason why we are where we are in the U.S. as far as everything going on with you know, racism and prejudice and all the stuff that, you know, we as people of color have always known exists. Mm -hmm. It's just in the last two years, year and a half that other people seem to become aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I feel like, oh my God, I, just, I totally blanked out of what I was going to say, but after, no, you're sorry. So I feel that like travel really opens up, you know, opens, opens you up to getting to know about different people and cultures. And like, once you once you learn about, you know, other people, you realize that you really have more in common than than the opposite. So I also feel that, you know, that, that uh, you know, travel is really, really important and, and just getting, not, not, I don't wanna use the word, um, oh, wow, what's the word, like, tolerate, because I don't think you should ever let anybody, I don't want to say, like, oh, tolerate other people, but accept, to accept other people, and to accept other cultures, and you might not even necessarily have to, like, get on a plane to travel, but sometimes all it takes is, like, you know, going to, like, a different neighborhood in your area, because maybe you do want to explore, maybe you do want to try a different kind of food, and, uh, and that's a way to open up yourself, and and I just think that the more the more we know we learn about other people's cultures and places of birth and just differences, you know, if we, if we did more of that, this country would not be where it is right now. I mean, I've never understood. You know, we're, we're called the melting pot, but somehow it's the negative outweighs the good. Um, and I, I don't know if it's a, uh, us being like a person of color or what have you, but learning and, you know, learning and having different friends and even associates or just knowing people of different cultures is, um, it's, it's really a good thing. It's really a blessing because in, even though we may be from different backgrounds, we are similar because we're still human at the end of the day. All right. Definitely. I completely agree with you. <laughs> All right. So my last question, do you prefer solo traveling? Or do you prefer group or couple traveling? 
Well, I am married, so I do, you know, travel with my husband a lot, but I also do a lot of solo traveling. Um, I don't, I, I really enjoy solo traveling. Sometimes I even feel guilty about it because I'm like, oh, wow, I'm having such a good time. And like, my husband's not here. So I don't want him to think like, oh, she doesn't want to travel with me. But I do like traveling with, I like traveling in small groups. And by small groups, I mean myself and maybe like two other people or, you know, I would prefer solo, but uh, I'm not gonna say I wouldn't. I'm, I would not pick solo travel over traveling like with one or two other people, probably max, because it's hard to travel with people. You know, one person, everybody's in a different mood and a different day. You really have to find the people that you click with, you know, to travel with. Um, but there's times that you know, yeah, I would just rather travel by myself, and my husband doesn't have a problem with that. So. Um, you know, so we have a good a good understanding that sometimes we're going to travel together and sometimes we're going to travel solo. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. All right. So those are the icebreaker questions. So now I want to hear more about your story. So um, where were you born and raised? So I was born in Los Angeles, California, born and raised in L.A. until about the age of 15. And then at 15, my family moved to San Diego because my parents had a business in uh, Tijuana across the border from San Diego. So it was easier for them to be, you know, closer to the border. Um, Lived in San Diego for about three and a half years. And then I went to college in New York City and I lived in New York for 11 and a half years. So I always like to say, I was, you know, I was born in Southern California, but I almost feel like I was raised in New York because those formative years of like college and after college and your first job and your first love and your friends and all that stuff. And I mean, that's where I met my husband. Um, I feel like a New Yorker, but I do love, you know, California and I have a better appreciation for it now that I left. I mean, when I, once I left because I hated California growing up here. I didn't appreciate the sunshine or the beaches. I just wanted to go someplace different. And New York was that place for me. But then when I, you know, so I got a little older and, you know, I wanted a little bit more space and, you know, I love nature and I, my sister had a baby. Can you hear me? You're kind of frozen. Okay, I can hear you now. It cut off when you were talking about your sister having a baby. Oh, okay. No, so I was saying that I um, that I decided to come back home because my sister had a baby. I wanted to spend more time with my family. I kind of got tired of like living living in a tiny apartment in New York City and paying all this rent and <laughs> just lifestyle. You know, I was kind of over it, and I knew that eventually I would come back to California. But I still love New York. I still have a lot of family. I mean, not family, I have a lot of friends there. And so I try to, you know, get over there at least maybe every two years. But Los Angeles is, is my home again. I love New York. I've always wanted to live there. Um, I thought about going to, um, oh God, my, get my master's in from a journalism school out there. But I was like, I don't even think I want to go back to school. Um, oh. I do love New York. Um, such It's so beautiful. Um, and I, my friend um, that I met in college, she invited me up there for like a week after um, after I graduated, and it was just uh, it was amazing. I love New York. Like if I could make my way back up there, even just just walk around the city for a day. Yeah, I, I always it. say everybody should be. It should be a requirement that everyone live in New York for one year out of their lives. Mm. It should be like a requirement, <laughs> at least one year. And you lived there for 11 years. What borough were you in? Oh, I was in a couple. I was in, well, no, not a couple. I was, for the most part, I was in Manhattan. And then I was also in uh, in Brooklyn. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So my next question, um, can you talk a little bit about your heritage and like your background and your culture? So, um, 
both of my parents were born in this small town um, in the state of Jalisco, Mexico, which is kind of like northern Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's the birthplace of tequila, the birthplace of mariachi, the birthplace of, you know, lots of great Mexican food. Um, and they came to the U.S. in the 70s. Uh, they were undocumented immigrants. They came here in the 70s. And um, I was born here. I was born in Los Angeles, as I mentioned earlier. Um, like I said, they they um, they came here, and then I guess at the time there was some kind of a law that if you had a kid on American soil, that you would you know be able to get your your green card. And so I think that's how they were able to achieve you know undocumented status. Um, and they have pretty much been here most of their you know most of their life, I would say at this point. Um, my father passed away last year, but my mom is still here. I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's okay. And um, we were raised, I mean, we were, Spanish was our first language. So, you know, Spanish was definitely my first language. Uh, we didn't so much try to like assimilate. I think everybody around us at the time that came from Mexico, like my cousins to live in the US, uh, you know, we, we, we were very close. So we, you know, we were neighbors or, you know, we visited our cousins all the time and living in LA where there's such a big Latino population, especially, you know, Me- Mexican community, we were always surrounded by like our music and our family and the different foods and holidays. So I, and, and obviously being first generation, uh, I always felt very close to my culture. I mean, to this day, I only speak Spanish at home. Um, I've also been very lucky because like I said, having had that experience of also living um, in San Diego and with my parents having having a, a business in Tijuana, I was constantly coming back and forth across the border. So it's almost like you live like two different lives. Um, and that was something that always you know, fascinated me because I've just, always had a deep like curiosity to like learn more about other cultures uh i don't know what it is but i just want to like know more i constantly like crave to like know more about people and where they're from and how they got here and why they speak the language they do and why they like it's just something that i really really enjoy like from the bottom of my heart um so yeah I mean I guess that's kind of like you know the, the the culture question like I said to this day I, I always feel uh, I feel you know I definitely feel like I am one with my culture I don't you know I describe myself as if somebody says what are you I will say I'm Mexican-American and that's another conversation that you know folks often get confused nationality with ethnicity So, you know, my roots are obviously Mexican because that is the country of my parents' birth. Uh, But my piece of paper that says where I was born is the U.S. of A. So, uh, you know, nationality just is just a piece of paper. I mean, you can be green, white, red, be from wherever. And, you know, if you have the privilege to have that American passport, then that makes you an American by nationality. So I always like to use both Mexican American because I feel like my nationality when I'm crossing that border, when I'm getting through that airport, I'm an American. But if you're asking me about my roots and my ethnicity, I'm Mexican. Hey, that is a that is a great definition to go by. <laughs> okay. So how did you learn to appreciate your culture from your your parents or your family? Uh, well, you know, I never thought that I was like learning it. I mean, I just, you know, you're just one with it. But I think one thing that was great was that my parents always took us back like to Mexico, whether it was like summer vacations or holidays, we'd all, you know, jump in the back of the station wagon and, you know, take a, I don't know, 20 hour road trip to, you know, their, their place of birth to go visit my grandparents or to go visit my cousins. Um, actually, in the fifth grade, I believe, I think I think it was in the fifth grade, uh, we decided to move to Guadalajara because my father had bought some property there and wanted to be closer to that business. So we lived there for a year. Uh, and then we came back and we realized like, oh, you know, I don't need it. I mean, I know my mom and I weren't really feeling like the lifestyle there, or my family. So we came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but we've always been, you know, we've always been 
very close. We we got we've always visited our relatives. I think that that kind of helps too. Like when you are literally, you know, with one foot in, in, in both countries. And again, living, having lived in San Diego, and you know, my mom still lives in San Diego. I cross that border. I would say even like probably at least once a month. Um, and so I feel like that also keeps me keeps me close. And we have a pretty tight knit family. Um, you know, with cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff, and, and you know, everybody g- gathers around, and we all speak Spanish, and we all, you know, cook and like to, you know, enjoy similar foods, and uh, you know, we're definitely like immersed in, in the culture. Right, and I've always said like I wish I knew like the the root of my African part of the African American part, and I wish I could speak that native tongue because I always. I always admire people that are vile and multilingual, um, and that's just beautiful to me. I wish, you know, I wish I knew more in regards to like the African American roots of my own. Yeah, I mean, that, do you think you would ever, you know, want to like do one of those tests or whatever? The, there's so much controversy <laughs> around them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I wanted to do one too, but I know there's a lot of controversy around that. So I, I was curious to see if you would ever do it. I do want to do it. I know my sister took it. I want to do it and I would love to go to Africa mm-hmm. and just, you know, visit a few countries there. Yeah, Africa is amazing. So I've been to Tanzania and I've been to Kenya and mm-hmm. Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, it's, I, I can't wait to visit the rest of Africa. I mean, it has 52 different countries. And I was just recently reading that Africa has like it's the most multilingual continent out of all of the continents there's over 2,000 languages spoken Mm. in in Africa alone so when you find out what language you speak out of those 2,000 definitely uh, I'd be curious to know Uh, but it's beautiful and I think that there's so many similarities between Africa and Mexico like so many so I think like you know for the next couple of years I definitely want to spend more time in in like getting to know different countries in Africa. Um, and I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to go, like, go for sure, mate, put that I on your I know I have to save up <laughs> Well, you, that, and that could be another conversation because you would be surprised. Once you get there, things are pretty inexpensive. And once in a while, you will find deals on flights. So I'm happy to help you. Okay. It's not, people always think it's like this ginormous expense, but you know, you'd be surprised. Sometimes I make fun of people like at, if they go to clubs, they mm. spend $500 for a freaking uh, seat or whatever, a bottle. I'm like, that's a ticket to Tanzania. <laughs> well, thankfully there are, uh, you know, people uh, that who love to travel and who love to help people get deals. So that, right. is, that is amazing. Yeah, there's actually a, a young lady uh, that I follow on Instagram. You should follow her. She's on TikTok mostly, but she's on Instagram too. Um, her name is The Travel Taurus. And uh, she's a young African-American woman. And she is constantly posting deals. So I would say give her a follow. Okay, I definitely will. Okay, so what do you love and appreciate most about your upbringing and culture? I think I just appreciate the diversity, you know, there's so much diversity things, you know, there's so, so many like different things to, to, you know, just to, to experience. I, I like the fact that I can, you know, code switch and like go from Spanish or English or be in Tijuana one day and now I'm in San Diego and now I'm in LA and I feel like I have connected to, to all of those people in all of those places. Uh, I would just say the the diversity, the emotion, you know, we're loud people, you know, we, we laugh loud, we cry loud. Uh, we're not afraid to, to express ourselves. Uh, and, you know, that, that is something actually that kind of leads up to the Day of the Dead conversation about, you know, not being afraid to like express yourself and, you know, mourn or, you know, the people you love and, and, just to feel i love the fact that we are we are feeling people definitely if you've ever listened to mariachi music especially when you hear people doing that long cry at the end it's all about like that feeling so i love that we're feeling people okay Mm -hmm. celebrate them all right so i want to talk a little bit about your blog 
because I know you you're into traveling. So what got you started traveling and you know sharing it on social media? Well, I've always traveled. I mean, even as a kid, we never took like any exotic trips or anything, but we were always doing a lot of road trips again. Those road trips that we used to take to Mexico to visit my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents. Uh, you know, those definitely, uh, I think, have inspired me to, to travel. I love road trips, too, and I'm definitely happy that uh, that I'm in California where it's so easy to just get in your car and, you know, you can be in Nevada or Arizona or you know, San Francisco or wherever. Ah. Sorry, sorry, my speaker, my little phone thing just fell off. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear okay. you. Um, so my road trips definitely inspired me. Uh, and again, just the, you know, the, the curiosity. Uh, the first time I traveled to a place outside of Mexico, I was 16 or 17 and I went to Europe. Um, and it was something that was, you know, brought on like through my high school where we all did like a month and I had always wanted to go. And so, uh, my parents figured it out and we were able to go, I was able to go and it was just a life changing experience. You know, I, it was, it was uh, amazing. Although I am, I'm actually going back to France for the first time since I was 17 next month. And I'm sure it's going to be a different experience just because you often, you know, you're, you're that young. Yes, you can soak it in and appreciate it. But now, like, I'm an adult adult. So now I can definitely, you know, go and, and appreciate it more. But, um, yeah, I would just say I, it's just something in me. I've all, you know, I've always moved around. I grew up moving around all the time because, you know, my father would buy a house and fix it and sell it. And so he was into into some real estate stuff. And so we constantly moved and I just think I get bored easily. Uh, I don't want to stay in one place too long, although I have been back in L.A. now for, for a long time. But it's just, you know, something in me that uh, makes me want to keep traveling and, and, and getting to know more places. Okay. That sounds interesting. So we did speak on solo traveling a bit, but I wanted to see what have you, what experience have you learned along the way? Um, in solo traveling? Solo traveling, well, you know what? Just not to be afraid. I mean, I think, you know, and also to be to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because when you're sitting at that restaurant by yourself and there's all these other people around you and then like at first you're kind of like, oh my God, I'm sitting here by myself. Like, do people think I'm weird or... I mean, first of all, now the, the world has changed because with everybody on their phones, if you're sitting at the dinner table having dinner by yourself and you're on your phone, like nobody really, nobody cares. Um, but I think that stigma is not really there anymore. But I think at first I was a little bit self-conscious, but I kind of like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just, I, I don't come from the perfect family. I don't think anybody does. And maybe, maybe it's the dysfunctional family side in me. But I like to sit there and be uncomfortable. Like I want to go through the, you know, the process of the way those feelings feel in my body. Like I need to get over it. And then I get, I get over it. And then I'm like, oh, this feels so bad. So I think it's feeling, you know, I like to feel uncomfortable uh, when I travel because I feel like travel should be uncomfortable. Somewhat, I'm not saying your whole trip is gonna be uncomfortable, but why leave your home to go to a different place if you don't want it to feel different or if you don't i'm seeking something different is what i'm saying i i, I that's um that i think that's what it's made me learn it's made me learn to get be more comfortable with myself um to be more confident and just to not you know to not be afraid like i said to realize that there's really more good people in the world than bad and nine out of ten times you know, you stop and ask for help. Like, no one's going to say no. I've never had an experience where maybe I needed directions or I needed to find, like, a place to eat and somebody was steering me in the wrong direction. Right. So, it, you know, you just you just learn that, you know, most people are nice people. I feel bad because you spoke on um, sitting in a restaurant by yourself. I feel bad because there are some people that will not do it. And I've done it. Like I've been like, all right, girl, we're just gonna have a date night. You and I right. go out. Um, and you can right. like, even if you do sit there and watch TV, or if you uh -huh. want to journal or something, it right. is it is 
so relaxing mm-hmm. just to be with yourself just be one with yourself while you're exactly. out exactly <laughs> and, and I'm like if you can't be by yourself like how do you, the hell do you expect the rest of us to be with you like <laughs> right. you should be able to be by yourself like you know I'm married and sometimes people say like you're gonna go like when I went to Tanzania to, to climb Mount Kilimanjaro people were like oh or asking my husband you're gonna let her go to to go to Africa by herself? And he's like, well, first of all, I'm not letting her because, you know, she doesn't need to ask for permission. Let's just get that straight. She's gonna go, she wants to go. Uh, and and I mean, there's such, there's so many like double standards because if it was a man, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a question. Yes, you know, what is like the biggest fear? You're gonna get like mugged and raped and whatever. That obviously would be like the worst case scenario or knock on wood, thank God that has never happened and hopefully it never will but those are like kind of the same fears that you have even here you know Mm -hmm. going out at night and coming back home and opening up your door I mean I just can't be traveling thinking about what's going to happen but again learning to be more comfortable with yourself and maybe learning to be more aware because if you are traveling solo as a woman we do have to be a little bit more aware and a little bit more street smart than you know the average person so maybe it's also good that you're able to just kind of, you know, take a step back and be more aware of your surroundings. That is true. You got just about anything you do here, you have to do it outside the country too. <laughs> right, <Basically>. exactly. <laughs> okay, so- No, I'm know. hearing a little bit of a noise from your end. I don't know, it sounds kind of like, I hear like almost like a hair dryer or something like a- Is it the train? Oh, yeah. It's a train. Okay. I'm, I'm, I live near a train station. I forgot to pre-warn uh-huh. you. <laughs> I didn't even think about the train. Yeah, it's probably the train just flying on by. <laughs> oh, no. Can you hear me better now? Oh, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Now I can. Okay, so you, I'm guessing those were your travel tips for solo people, but do you have any uh, travel tips for beginners? Uh, well, you know what? Start out small. I mean, if you, uh, odds are, if you are the kind of person who is afraid to travel solo because maybe you don't want to eat in a restaurant by yourself, how about you take yourself out to a restaurant in your hometown by yourself and practice? That could be, that could be a start because you need to be able to be in these environments and feel, you know, feel okay. Um, So maybe just starting to explore some of the areas in your neighborhood, in your surroundings, you know, by yourself. I think that would be a great place to start. Um, you know, doing your research, obviously, before you go, uh, the more you plan, the better. I don't believe you should, everything should be planned. You should definitely leave room for some spontaneity. But, um, but yeah, you know, plan, plan what you can. But if you can practice some of these outings uh, it, by maybe going to the movies by yourself or going to have dinner by yourself or even you know exploring a different neighborhood by yourself uh it's not going to be that different okay those are good tips so thank you for that all right so now i want to get into the main topic main reason why we're here is to talk more about a holiday in your culture um that i actually saw on your ig stories that you were explaining more and um and even me i want to learn a little bit more so we're talking about day of the dead um and so can you explain the history and you know how you celebrate it in your culture well, I'm gonna this. So I'm not definitely not a history expert. I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you what I what I know, well, no, you know yeah. from my experience, my from my you know culture, and also the way my family, you know, celebrates it or doesn't celebrate it because mm-hmm. every family, you know, every family is different. As you know, definitely Latinos in general and even Mexicans, you know, in general, like we're definitely not a monolith. Everybody is very different and does things differently. So I'll start with. Um, maybe just a little bit about the history. So, you know, Day of the Dead is about mourning your loved ones. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's something that touches everyone, right? Like sooner or later, uh, we're all gonna lose somebody and we're all gonna go. And at the end of the day, like I said, we're, this is something that actually brings us together. But, um, but the holiday, you know, what, what in my family, 
we didn't really celebrate it. Um, I do remember a number of times where like around that time, like of November 1st, November 2nd, like around Halloween time, mm-hmm. um, where I knew that certain family members were gonna like go to the cemetery to visit somebody that they had lost, whether it was a child, a mom, a you know, relative, whatever that that was like the day that they were going to go to the cemetery. I almost, looking back at it now, I kind of feel like, you know, on Easter, when nobody goes to church all year, but then Easter comes around and everybody goes to church. <laughs> yes. That, that, that was like, kind of like my personal experience. Like I said, this is just in my family. Can't speak for any other Mexican families, you know, but that's kind of what I remember like, oh, your aunt's going to go to the cemetery. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it must be November 1st. Okay. So then, or November 2nd, because I'll get into the the dates later. But in my family, like in my personal household, it was not actually really celebrated. Like I said, I heard about it through like my aunts and my uncles or other people in our outer family that were going to visit somebody that they had lost. Now, as I got a little bit older, I, my sister, actually, this my my middle sister, I did notice that like she would start maybe putting up kind of like an altar or some pictures. Like, I mean, obviously, as you get older, you know, you start losing more people, right? Right. So when we started losing people in our family, and it was around that time of year, I did notice that like my sister might put up some pictures of like a cousin, and they maybe make like a little makeshift altar. And that was probably, you know, maybe like, I don't know, 20 years ago. Uh, but as children, like I said, in my household, I don't really remember. I only remember other relatives that would go to the cemetery. I also remember like if we were, if we happened to be in, um, in Tijuana, Mexico around that time of year, mm-hmm. there were always like these gorgeous marigolds all over the place. And that is the flower that you know people use around day of the dead or you would see people at the cemeteries like more people than you normally would see and you could see like that maybe they had like food or or, or you know some kind of offerings that kind of stuff um, but again as i got older and you know i got more curious about it you know i started traveling i started doing like my own research about it and you know, I, I taught myself, and, and and just like I said, through my travel and and through my reading, I'm definitely again. I want to like make this clear. I'm no expert, and I don't want to <laughs> spread. I don't want to spread any like misinformation. Right. But again, I'm just gonna tell you like what I know from my experiences. So, so I do know that you know this is an indigenous. Like it started with the indigenous communities, mostly in central and southern Mexico, mm-hmm. um, specifically like the Aztecs, the Nahuals, the, you know, the, the Olmecs. And they, what I know is that they were actually offended that people would mourn the dead because to them, death was actually a continuation of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I think of it, maybe it should be called, you know, the day of the, the day of living or something like that, because it really is about the fact that, you know, we don't forget our ancestors or our ancestors are still, you know, they're still living in spirit, right? Their spirit is still here. So this is a way for us to keep them alive. You know, when once the, the span, you know, with, with the Spanish uh, coming in and, you know, colonizing Mexico, uh, there's sort of like a merging of the indigenous with, you know, with the Spanish. Um, and so that's kind of how we got like two days. We have we have November 1st, which is um, the day that people celebrate or not celebrate, but that people like mourn and honor any children that have passed away. And then November 2nd is the day that you honor the adults. And so this holiday from again, from what I know, and what I've seen is really, I mean, it is mostly observed, like the, you know, authentically observed in a lot of the indigenous communities in the south of Mexico, especially in like Oaxaca and Chiapas, which I'll actually be in Chiapas next week. Um, you also find an amazing, uh, you know, celebration in, um, in the state of Michoacan, Mexico. Michoacan was actually the state that, you know, inspired a lot of the movie Coco. Um, where they have, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have a lot. They have a lot of celebrations there, and other parts of Mexico too. But it tends to be like more around the smaller 
you know, indigenous communities. Now, Mexico City now has this huge parade. It looks like this amazing, like, production that they do now. But they didn't do that before. That came about because of the James Bond movie. When they saw the success, I don't know if you saw the Spectre James movie. I don't, I don't even watch James Bond movies, but I did see this movie. But the last James Bond movie where they had that opening scene in Mexico City with these amazing, like, Day of the Dead floats up. The government started getting questions from people, like the tourism board started getting inquiries about, hey, when is this parade? Uh, but there was actually no parade. I mean, this was a scene from the movie. And so what the Mexican tourism board did is they, they decided to create a parade. So now this parade has become like this big, like almost like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, wow. uh, and it's definitely brought like more tourism to the country. Uh, and made it more, you know, made it more aware. And definitely like Coco, the movie Coco has made it now, like I feel it's like our new Cinco de Mayo, right? Which is another holiday, which is not really even celebrated in Mexico that much, only in specific, uh, in Puebla, where where the Battle of Puebla happened. Right. Uh, but it's really an American, you know, an American holiday that the beer companies created to sell Corona. Um, and yeah, and as far as like Coco, one fun fact is that Disney tried to get a trademark on the word Day of the Dead. They're literally trying to trademark the name of a Mexican holiday for the promotion of their movie. I'm not sure if the movie was going to be called Day of the Dead, but um, but uh, I, and then it was changed to Coco. I, I don't know, really know that inf- the information on that. But I do know that they did make an attempt to trademark it. Um, oh my which I think goodness. is like really foul. That is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that's, you know, that's a little bit about, you know, a little bit about Day of the Dead. Like I said, it is still definitely, you know, a, a day or two days that people observe, especially in the, in the indigenous communities of Mexico. And so next week, I will be in um, Chiapas, which is in the southern part of Mexico, and we're going to be visiting um, some of the Mayan communities there and see how, you know, to see how they observe uh, the day. And also just a note, uh, Day of the Dead, from what I know, is not just celebrated in Mexico, but it's also also celebrated in other countries in Latin America. Um, I know it's definitely, you know, gained popularity, like in popular culture with Mexico, but I do know that other places in Latin America also, you know, also observe it. So that's just, you know, that's just a little bit about Day of the Dead. And again, my my, my experience only. I understand. I'm, I'm still stuck on Disney trying to trademark a, a, a <laughs> holiday from another culture. That, <sighs> these companies, I tell you. <laughs> so um, what what made you want to you know share that history that i saw um that i saw on your instagram story what made you want to share that information about day to day on your engine well i was i was grocery shopping and you know i'm just like wow there i mean the the amount of promotion that i've been seeing in in day of the i mean for day of the dead whether it's trader joe's whole foods whatever you want there are there's so much marketing around that but this year i mean it's definitely grown over the years but like this year it just when i went to the store i was just like wow like it feels like it exploded in my face and um and it just made me wonder like do people really know what it's about i mean do they really know that this is a holiday where you know, people are you. The people you know are where people are observing. Uh, you know, the fact that their loved ones have passed on to, you know, the next world. Do they really know the history of it, or is it just, you know, some kind of like cool skeleton mask or painting, you know, of your face, and and you think it's like the Mexican Halloween, which it's definitely not the Mexican Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it falls very because it falls so close to Halloween. I think maybe that's what people think. And the you know the the these marketing companies are definitely using whatever they can to you know to market this, um, but that's kind of like what what prompted me to put that on the stories because I mean I can go to any store right now and there will be something for Day of the Dead, and it's hard you know I fall I I'm not I'm not innocent I'm guilty too because here I was picking up something at like the 99 cent store 
And I'm like, oh, what a cute little tray with like a Day of the Dead skeleton on it. And then I needed something for a little event that I was hosting and I picked it up. And then I'm like, why the hell did I buy this? So it's like this this constant fight between, you know, you wanting to do the right thing, but then you're like, oh, but those like sugar school cookies are so cute and they're probably so good. And this is, this is what the companies know we're going to do. But I wonder though, because I am, I, I don't know if it's because you're in California and you're close to the, the Mexico border. Is it more so over there? Because I don't, I haven't really seen any um, like day of the day on any products in Virginia. Really? Um, now that I've known, I don't see now I have to go in the grocery store just to check. You know, that could be, that could definitely be, be true. Maybe, you know, because obviously, you know, we're in California, uh, it could be a geographical, like, you know, mm -hmm. targeted marketing, especially, I mean, I'm in Los Angeles, so especially, you know, in Los Angeles. Could be a thing, but now I'm definitely going to go in the grocery store just to see. And if I or even you know what go like maybe go even sometimes and maybe it's just because uh i i did google to see like what came up for day of the dead but mm -hmm. i mean even online like you see a lot more more coverage and you know people telling you how to paint your face oh, a wow. certain way for day of the dead and <laughs> blah 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 so i mean yeah i could i i definitely think that it might be a geographical thing but I'm going to be on the lookout now. <laughs> so what are your thoughts of, um, or feelings on the commercialization of Day of the Dead now that you, you're seeing it a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, at the end of the day, all most companies care about is money. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do whatever they need to do for that bottom line. Um, do I think it's right? No, I definitely don't think it's right. And, you know, I'm going to think twice before I buy another Day of the Dead tray. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I, you know, oh my God, can you hear that? You know, I just got a, I got a phone call on my phone and I don't want to interrupt this interview, but because I have my headset on. Oh no, I Did you hear? hear you, yeah. Okay, good. All right. Um, so sorry got sidetracked so yeah i definitely am not in agreement with with all of this i feel like people really need to do their research and learn the history and i don't know find other ways to be a little bit you know more creative about you know what product you're using to you know to promote this holiday like what's what's your intention you know that's that's at the end of the day it's like what what do you intend to do with this Right. You just never know. It it definitely feels like when we were talking about the cultural appropriation earlier, um, that's what it, and even when I was, you know, coming up with this outline, that's what I was kind of feeling like was happening, um, a cultural appropriation type of situation. Say that, you know what? Sorry. No, you Can you hear me? No, I have yes. to. Yes. I had to get I had to get the door. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was just saying, like, even when I was coming up with this outline, it kind of felt like how we were speaking on cultural appropriation earlier, um, and it, it it feels like a similar type of situation. I don't. Oh, I don't definitely. Know. Okay. No, it's definitely that 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 is the situation. It's not even like it. It's definitely the situation, and I don't think their intentions are coming from a good place. And I definitely don't think people have really you know done done the research right i think that the, i do think that the, a big part of this was you know the movie coco and the success of coco right and i think you know it's it's great that you know I, I i'm not against this movie like if it promotes your culture and you know if it makes people more aware and want to learn more about it I'm definitely not, you know, against any of that. Anything that makes you want to learn more about others, I'm definitely promoting. Um, but again, what's, I guess you, you have to ask yourself, like, what's your intention? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, because um, I work for a corporation, and they've just started impl implementing the, they call it the EDI, the Equality, Diversity, oh, and Inclusion thing. And I'm just, I, I don't take it as serious because I'm like, this is a joke. 
Um, so do you think in this case, um, from seeing the stuff that you saw while you were out shopping, do you think they wanted to implement the the EDI type of um, situation? I mean, or do you think it's just money for financial? I just think it's marketing. I mean, you know, these images are on a bag of chips. Like, okay. what could you, you know, what are you promoting? Diabetes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It is just weird to me. I, I definitely, I, but I do, like, I'm one, I do appreciate other cultures and, and things like that. But to me, it just seems like that, I guess, acronym, the EDI, they is, I can't take it seriously. No, and I, and I mean, it just feels like now, especially, you know, with the, with everything that, that happened in the last two years, like companies are just trying to save their ass at the end of the day. You know, this is like them trying not to get sued. I mean, the, the ridiculous things that they're doing mm -hmm. because they, you know, want to be more or think they want to be more diverse. I mean, they're really going about it the, the wrong mm -hmm. way. Again, that's a whole other conversation, but it's just so that, you know, you had companies that came out like during Black Lives Matter and just put up like their statement. And then you never hear about them again. Like they just did the thing for, oh, let's put up a black square. Okay, great. What the hell is a black square on my Instagram gonna do for, uh, you know, for for the situation that's going on in this country or, you know, in the world for that matter. But I just think this is a way for companies to try to like save their ass and, you know, check off, you know, check off the check mark on, on their box. And customers yeah, there. And, yeah, ex exactly. So. I don't I mean, know. Like with, um, with Pride Month, they'll just slap rainbows on their product, and once June is over with, it's back to normal. Right. But what else exactly. are you doing behind the scenes? You know. Yeah. What? Yeah. How are you really? You know, supporting all of these different communities. Like, what are you? What are you really doing? Um, again, that's just you know a question that that they have to ask themselves. But you know, we at the end of the day have the power to decide where we're gonna what we're going to spend our money on so right. if we're not if we're not buying these things then they're not going to make it right there is there is power in the dollars that we spend mm -hmm. <laughs> so with the holidays such as the other day and you know and and what are some ways or anyone um that's not of you know of the latino or mexican culture um how can people bring awareness about it or do you think like day of the day is just or any holidays, it has a sacredness to it that should not be touched. No, I don't. I mean, at, at least speaking, you know, for Day of the Dead, I can't speak on other people's holidays, but I think for Day of the Dead, it's really an opportunity for people to learn, like learn about the richness of like, you know, all of these indigenous communities that, that are where, where this holiday originates from, like learn more about the traditions, learn more about the people. I mean, the more we learn about each other, the more we realize that, you know, we're all the same. And obviously, you know, the theme of death is a universal theme. So I think just learning it, like really learn because you are interested in learning about people, not because you want 10 or million likes on your Instagram, right? Uh, what, why are you doing it? That is the question at the end of the day. Why ask yourself, why are you doing it? And like, what do I really know about this holiday? And if you don't know anything, then take some time to, to learn something about it. You might actually learn something. And to the people that like to paint their faces, like with the skeletons and stuff and make their face all scary, uh, that is definitely not the way to go. I don't, I'm not saying if you want to paint your face, paint your face, but at the end of the day, the holiday is about honoring your loved one. Do you really want to honor your grandmother with like some bloody like face face paint on your, you know, on your face? Like think about what the holiday you know, or what the, what the day is about. It's about honoring the people that you love that are no longer here in the physical form, but that we, you know, within our culture believe are still here in spirit. Okay. That, that makes perfect sense, honestly. Like we want, like, I know like in my culture, well, for me, I'm gonna speak for me. I pray, when I pray to God, I pray to my ancestors as well, so. I kind of take that as, you know, you all celebrating, we're well, not really celebrating, but, you know, I guess honoring those two days, it is you just 
respecting your ancestors and you know right. their souls that are sitting with you all as well. Right. Totally. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I agree. So my last question for you, um, and I guess it kind of ties into the last question, people from other backgrounds and races, um, how can they not fall into the commercialization of Day of the Dead? Oh, man, it's, it, 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 it's hard here in California. So I don't know, it sounds like where you are, there's not as much stuff all over the place. But I mean, just don't fall for it. I have, to, I have to do better myself. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say, oh, I, you know, I, I fell for that. I'm still guilty about that trade that I, <laughs> I'm trying to get over it. But uh, again, just think about what, you know, what is your intention? Like, what's the intention? And, you know, if you are going to support anything that's kind of like themed Dave Dead, maybe you should purchase it from, you know, a small owned Latino business instead of like Walmart or whatever. Maybe you can... Google, I don't know, Latinx businesses. I bet you there's a ton of Latinx businesses that are selling something that's themed Day of the Dead. Um, so think about who you're supporting, like where is that money going back to? And, you know, what is your intention? And what is, what's the company's intention, whoever you're supporting, whether it's big or small? I definitely, I, I agree with you in, in regards to giving back to a small Latinx. I'm sorry if I say it wrong. Latinx. You know, that's a, that's also another conversation. But yeah, we can say Latinx. 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 I'm fine with Latinx. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I, w- I will feel comfortable supporting um, a Latinx business in regards to giving it to a bigger corporation um, that who, who knows is, you know, the face of the company when you can actually go into a, a small business and, and really have that conversation. And if you go into that type of business, you'll be able to learn a little bit more and, and have that, that conversation that, you know, we've discussed. Right. No, I mean, like I said, it's all, it's really about educating, you know, educating yourself and giving credit where credit is due. I mean, don't try to take credit for something that, you know, is not yours. And if you're going to, you know, I don't know if you're going to alter the recipe, like give credit to the people who, who, where it came from. And yeah, now you're putting your own twist on it. Great. But let's just acknowledge like where it came from and who origin, you know, where, what the origin of this is. Don't try to claim it as yours. That's where the problem is when people try to claim it as theirs. It's not theirs. Plagiarism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I can say. So I want to just wrap up, and I want to say thank you so much for your time and just being. Oh no, thank you. Talking with me, even before you know we actually started recording, I appreciate that moment just to you know get to know you a little bit more. So I'm just going to allow you to say or add anything that you would like to, if you would like to. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. I definitely appreciate being on your podcast. It's been a really great conversation and I'm so happy, so happy that you reached out. And, you know, sometimes like I was telling you earlier when you're on those like Instagram stories and you're thinking like, oh, nobody cares or nobody's watching, like who am I doing this for? You know that there's people out there that are actually paying attention. So thank you for paying attention to my content. I definitely appreciate it. Um, I will ask that, you know, if you want to follow my journeys next week, I will be traveling through Chiapas and I mostly on my stories, I will, uh, post stuff about, you know, authentic celebrations in the cemeteries with a lot of the indigenous communities, like in the Chiapas, uh, region of Mexico. So if you want to get a taste for, you know, some of the, the authentic ways that people are honoring their loved ones in that part of Mexico, uh, and maybe I'm not using the right word. I, was, I just said authentic. I mean, I guess however you want to honor your loved one is an authentic way. But the way people in that part of Mexico, uh, you know, honor their loved ones. Uh, definitely follow my stories. I am at Alma Explores. That's at A-L-M-A Explores on Instagram. I'm also on uh, TikTok, but I'm, I'm uh, working on getting more videos up there. Um, you can also follow my or follow my website, join my mailing list. I am also at Alma Explorers. Uh, I should have a new website coming soon by November 1st, actually by Day of the Dead. It's funny. Um, <laughs> right now it's been a work in progress. Uh, but yeah, follow my social media. Uh, 
I am doing small group trips. Uh, my group trips are by invitation only. And that is because we want to keep our group small and we just really want you to have an intimate connection with like the people that you meet. So if you're interested in any of our uh, upcoming trips that I'll be posting about like in the next couple of months, definitely join our mailing, mailing list because that's the only way you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get to know about them. And of course, if you are interested in having us do any of your, you know, trip planning, um, you know, customizing an itinerary, feel free to reach out to us. So again, Alma Explores, uh, and that's about it thank you thank you so much i really definitely you know appreciate the, this conversation and your time and i thank you for reaching out no again thank you like i really appreciate it and thank you for your time because i know you know we can't get time back but i thank you for you know just allowing me to hear and uh, be able to share this coming up um, with others about you know your culture and even though you said like yes we have different cultures but somehow we are still the same um, oh yeah people um, so I'm really excited yeah and I mean isn't life like more fun with like different cultures I mean think of just I mean I'm of course I'm going back to food right my that's my issue like think well, everybody can amazing. connect with food you can connect with food right. over food with people right? right I mean it's like it would be so boring if it was just one one type of person right absolutely so, yeah but if you ever want to come back would. if you ever want to come back on let me oh. know <laughs> if you're up oh to well it, you I know what maybe it. after Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe after after I come back from from my travels, we can talk about like what I really saw and you know, how the trip went and like how 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 uh, you know how it compares maybe to it would be interesting actually to see now like how you know the holiday has been so commercialized in the U.S. but then comparing it to how it is actually you know mm. happening in the state of Chiapas, Mexico. That would be interesting. Yeah. Might, might, might be interesting. Well, who knows? Okay. But, but yeah, follow follow my story. I'll be on there next week. I and, can't uh, wait. You can kind of see some of the stuff up there. But yeah. thank you again. And if you're ever thank in California, you. hit me up. I definitely will. Thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Right, bye. Bye. <laughs>